Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... God so loved the world that he gave his one and only really beloved son. When Jesus was baptized, he said, this is my beloved son. I don't know about you, but I get choked up when, when God uses a word about me. That is the same word he used about Jesus. That I am and you are loved with that beloved one and only special son or daughter of our Heavenly Father, love. God sent us His only Son, a Son who is loved more than we can imagine, to live a life on earth and die a cruel and torturous death, all so that we wouldn't be judged for our sins. Why would God do this? Pastor Jim reminds us in today's message that God did this because of His love for us. He calls us His beloved sons and daughters, just as He loves His own Son. He was willing to give up everything for us to give us the best life we could ever have blessing us with his presence and his guidance forever. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 1 Peter with part two of his message entitled, God's People Are Different. We've already seen as a special people, as a chosen people, we are the beloved children of God. We are divinely loved by our heavenly Father. We are chosen by him to be his children. And now we are strangers to earth. This is no longer our home. We are citizens of heaven, and so now we have a different mindset than planet Earth has. And so here Peter says, I beg you, do not give in to the war that is raging in your soul. Do not give in to the war to be like the rest of the world because you are different now. You are not who you used to be. And before you said, oh, I'm feeling so bad. If you care, you're different, right? How many people do you know that just go do their own thing and they don't care at all? One of the signs that you are a child of God is that you do care, right? We always say this. A lot of people say this, right? God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. So he's at work in you wants a maturity in his people, and so it's okay that, that we're struggling with these things, but we have to pray that God would help us. And Peter knows all about it. He says, it's a war. Now, here's a guy who walked with Jesus for three years, has been instrumental in Christianity exploding for the last 30 years in the Roman Empire, and he knows that it's not easy. And this is not a battle that a cultural Christian can fight. You say, what is a cultural Christian? Someone who just shows up at church, comes in, listens to what's going on there, says, okay, that's fine, and goes out the door and is no different, not changed at all, doesn't really care much about God. They just figure, well, going to church is a good thing. No, you and I can if we're cultural Christians. We can't fight that. We need the power of the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not let go and let God. Take that bumper sticker off your car. While you're at it, take off the God is my co-pilot bumper sticker. 
because I will go nowhere with you, <laughs> right? I may run red lights, but you're dangerous, okay? <laughs> I momentarily took over. The Jesus was like, should I put on automatic pilot? I'm like, I got it, right? So, so I'm going. So it's not let, go and, uh, let God. The Bible says that our weapons are not carnal. We cannot fight this battle of desire with just kind of earthly weapons. And here's an important thing to remember, that when we give in to our sinful desires, at that very moment, Jesus Christ ceases to become the overseers of our souls. And that's very important. We're going to talk about that next week. That is so serious. And even entertaining desires, even if they're not acted upon, will harm our soul, will render us ineffective in the Christian life will make it almost impossible to experience the fatherly love that God wants to give all of us. But notice here, it's worn because it's dangerous. It's dangerous to you. I mean, how many people do you know have been ruined by their desires? It's dangerous to you. It's dangerous to others. It's dangerous to your relationship with God. Yet, it's commanded. Why? because it's possible. Remember a couple weeks ago, the Lord said, be holy as I am holy. And we said that of all these different things that God is, he never said be everywhere at the same time. He never said know everything. He never said you can turn water into wine, cure leprosy, create the world. He never, anything. He's, but he said, you can be holy like I'm holy. And so here he says, abstain from fleshly desires. So it is actually possible now, it doesn't happen all at once. It's something, it's, it's a fight. It's a war. It's something we take, we take the hill and, you know, it's two steps forward, one step back. But if we're willing warriors, we're going to see victory. So, in contrary to the values and opinions of our culture, you know, our culture says, well, you know, be who you are. Whatever you want is fine. I mean, there's just so many inconsistencies with that. I'm watching television the other night, uh, you know, my good friend Leroy Jethro Gibbs. And so I was watching the other night, and that's NCIS if you don't know what that is. I've been watching this since the beginning. It's my sinful desire. But, uh, but the lady who's on the team, Bishop, her husband has an affair. He's cheating with another woman, and they're all devastated, as they should be. But why is it on other shows it's cool? It's the truest love ever. It's the most wonderful thing. You know, it's out of Africa love. No, that's not right. And so there's all of these things where our culture says, be yourself, but there's a lot of casualties in being ourselves. And, and we're not the same self we used to be, right? Any of you cut your hair differently than you used to? Wear different clothes? Think differently? But while the world says, be yourself, the Bible teaches that our, our desires can actually be restrained and they can actually be redirected in a healthy God way. So the call is to be different in our lifestyle, both for our own good, and if you're healthy in your lifestyle, if you have good godly desires, if you're able to say no things, you will be, you will be very successful in your life. You, you may not be rich, but you can hold your head up high that you are successful. You will be an employee that people will want. You can be confident that you are a Christian, but not only is it good for us, but it's good for the people around us. 
Because the people around us are actually watching, and he says that our conduct will influence, he says here, the Gentiles. By this time, we were differentiating between true Israel, the true people of God, and the Gentiles, which would be the non-true people of God. It actually really means nations. He's saying that our conduct, people who don't yet believe, will watch it, and they will actually consider the claims of Jesus Christ. Or if they were raised in the faith and they've walked away from the faith, very common experience for a lot of people, they will actually begin to, because of our lives, reconsider the claims of Jesus Christ. Now this is especially important at the holidays because this is a pattern that we see all the time in the church. December comes and some people just stop coming as much because they're getting ready for the holidays. When exactly, there's probably no more time you need to be around more than when you're getting ready for the holidays. Because what happens? If you're not prepared for your relatives, you get your clock cleaned at the holidays. <laughs> like, aren't you one of those Christian people, right? And either we're afraid, we're not walking in the boldness and newness of life, or we don't say anything because we have nothing to say. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's nothing in our heart. So we don't have anything to say. And then what happens is we don't come in January because we feel so bad, like, I'm not a Christian, I'm the worst, and whatever, whatever, whatever. But understand this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should reasonably expect the same treatment that Jesus got. Well, what happened to Jesus when he spoke the truth of the word of God, the truth of the gospel? They hated him, some people, right? And some people will hate you. Other people said, well, you know, you seem like a nice guy. I'm glad it's working for you. That's essentially what a lot of people said to him. But there were some people who came to repentance and faith, came to put their trust in Jesus. And it's important to note, and before you think evil of your evil relatives, that the world does not owe us an easy ride. But here Peter says, by your godly lifestyle, I will speak to their hearts. God will speak to their hearts. The Holy Spirit will speak to their hearts. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said this, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, how does that work? Well, in in verse 12, he tells us here that some will see, but back in verse nine, he told us what happens, that they will be called out of darkness and in to his marvelous light. They will come to put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we call that? Well, we call that salvation. We call that conversion. I think he calls it here at the end of verse 12, the day of visitation. The day when Jesus visited you. Friend, has he visited you? Have you had that day or that time of your life when you know I once gave in to every desire of my life, but then the love of Jesus Christ invaded my heart? He visited me. Now, some people say, well, that's fine. That happened to me a long time ago. I'm, I'm sort of, don't have to worry about that. Friend, do you know that God is glorified when people come to believe in him? And the only way people will believe in him is if we are able to tell others about him. That's part of the mission of God's strange people. That's kind of what makes us strange. Yes, we're called to, we talked about in a couple weeks ago, we're called to corporately worship the Lord on the Lord's day, to gather together. We're called to love one another, but we're also called to be involved in the world. 
This is why here at the church, we made a decision from the very beginning that we were not gonna have a billion events for Christians every night of the week. Because what happens is you get into the holy huddle. You become the frozen chosen, right? And the only people that come to your church are consumer Christians. I'm really sorry to say it, but you know it's the truth. Consumer Christians who are just looking to be fed, right? Even in Calvary, we got them. We call them fat Calvary sheep. No offense to you people, okay? But people who just want to be about how can the church serve me instead of how can we reflect the love of God to people in the church, yes, but also to the world because we're strangers living here on earth. That's why the old expression goes, the people of God are to come on the Lord's day and gather and then throughout the week we scatter and be an influence to the people of this world. So really, verse 11 and 12, I really fought on this because I wanted to make it one message. So I'll tell you what it would have been if it was one message, and then we'll go on to the second message. I would have said that in verse 11, we're called to abstain. Remember, God said, be holy as I am holy. This is the pursuit of holiness. Great book by Jerry Bridges. This is the pursuit of holiness. Why do we pursue holiness? Why do we abstain from our fleshly desires? Well, he told us right at the beginning of verse 11. He said, because we're beloved. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only really beloved son. When Jesus was baptized, he said, this is my beloved son. I don't know about you, but I get choked up when when God uses a word about me that is the same word he used about Jesus. That I am and you are loved with that beloved, one and only, special son or daughter of our Heavenly Father, love. And right there, if that's the only reason he said why we should abstain from evil desires, things that aren't pleasing to him, honestly, for me, that's enough. I don't need any more past that. Well, the next he says, because we're strangers, man. He's like, you're not earthlings. You come from a place where the values are very different than the values of earth. And unless we show people the values of heaven, they will never see it anywhere else. And unless we experience the values of heaven here on earth, we will be a fish out of water when we get to heaven. Right? Where will we be? You know, you've been here a while, right? We will be in the last row with Elvis, right? We will have no idea what to do. We won't know what's going on. And thirdly, we abstain because there is a war for our souls. There is a war for our souls. Man, I was in the doctor's office this week, and you know, I had the TV set on there, and they were interviewing Charlie Sheehan. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Even the people in the room were like, oh, gross, gross. I felt so sorry for that guy. I was like, man, your soul is lost. So, so we are to abstain in verse 11, but in verse 12, we are to proclaim. We proclaim with our lives. You know, Jesus said, hey, I'm God. Remember we did Mark's gospel. At every turn he was saying it. 
He just used it in language that was, they would understand. And they said, really, you're God? Prove it. So he did. Healed people. Walked on the water. Multiplied loaves and fishes. And sometimes we tell people that we're Christians. And you know what they have the right to say? Prove it. Prove it. So we proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ the way we live. Now we have to use words. You know, people said that Augustine or Augustine said, you know, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. But you have to use words. I mean, you're like, oh, no, no, I, I, bought, I bought coffee for the guy in back of me at the Dunkin' Donuts line. Well, that's great, seriously. Did he follow you to work, knock on your window and say, hey, you're a Christian, can you tell me how to get to heaven? <laughs> right? It's nice to do stuff for people, but we have to give them the message. All right, number two. Oh, it's getting late. Now it gets really hard. It gets really hard. We're going to get into one of the most difficult, gnarly subjects that's out there. And, and here's the truth of the matter. Here it is. I love you too much to skip it. Okay? I love you too much to skip it. And one of the things about going verse by verse, there's two things. Number one, I have to love you and hit every subject. And number two, you can't blame me for getting on a hobby horse, right? Because, because God brought it. All right. God's people are different, really, really, really different because, number two, Christians are submissive. Christians are submissive. Oh, no, the S word. Verse 13, therefore, submit. Now, this is a word we have to get used to. Uh, submission is not oppression. It's not repression. It's not depression. If you can think of any more, email them in. That's not what it is. It's not Mick Jagger, you're under my thumb. That's not what this is. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Some of your versions say to human authority. Some versions say to every institution, but the idea really is the, the human authority or human institutions that God has put into place. Why should we submit ourselves to these ordinances like the government, which he's going to talk about why? For the Lord's sake, he says. And who's the Lord to Peter? Jesus, as we've been talking about. Whether the king as supreme, talking about the emperor, or to the governors as to those who are sent by him, that would be Nero who was sending out people to you know, carry out his crazy laws for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. That is the role of government that God has given to them. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence, look at this, the ignorance of foolish men. So Peter agrees with Jesus and the apostles that it's God's will that we obey the government. Since God appointed it, if we obey the government, we are really submitting to God. Therefore, we should willingly obey the authorities over us unless, this is a big unless, unless obeying will disobey the word of the Lord. That being said, Christians should be the people who follow the law more than anybody else, unlike your pastor driving to church this morning. <laughs> we should be known for our honesty. We should be known for our integrity. And those of us out in the business world, there is no greater place to demonstrate honesty and integrity than the business world. And you think, well, man, the world's becoming so corrupt. 
Well, that's an opportunity for us to shine, isn't it? Just because you disagree with the way the government spends your tax money, we should still pay our taxes. Remember, they asked Jesus that question. They should, should we render taxes to Caesar? Trick question. Trick question. Jesus says, yeah, we should give taxes to Caesar. Then they know that he's siding with the Romans and none of the Jews are going to listen to him. If he says no, they're going to tell the Romans and let him take care of it. What does Jesus say? Bring me a coin. Whose mug is on that coin? Right? Jesus is from Bayonne, Jersey City, Union County, somewhere. Yo. <laughs> right? Caesar. Then give him his money back. If your picture's not on it, or my picture's not on it, give it to him. And then he says, render unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar, but also render unto God the things that belong to God. So a Christian is not to engage in evil, but be active in obedience. And we might add that a government that fails to punish people disobeys God. Again, he says, our obedience will change the minds of some people, and I think in particular the people that think the Christian faith is a waste of time. I mean, at some point we have to realize that, that people who we work with, people who we know, they, while we're trying to just love the Lord, walk closely with Him, experience the fatherly love which we just talked about of God, they want to see, does our Christianity work? They want to see, does it really make us different than everybody else? And so a lot of people think it's a waste of time. And when we demonstrate godliness, God directly goes after that. Now, it's important to see that their government was much worse than ours. I mean, we can complain about ours all we want, but this government was absolutely awful. But we should also remember that we cannot let our government lull us to sleep. We've been asleep as Christians on a lot of issues. And, and what happens is when you take the difficult parts of the gospel out, you have people who are in church but who are not Christians and who the, so the issues are not that important to them. At the same time, we can't be overly discouraged that everything's falling apart and you know, God's on vacation. We can't conform to the sinful ways of our society, but we can't forget that God's in control. And as we've noted many times, particularly you see in the book of First and Second Kings, that one of the ways that God judges a nation is bad leadership. And we could be in a phase of that right now. And here's what happens. You say, well, you know, the world deserves it. No, it gets there when God's people leave God. That's how it happens. All right, that's point two. We'll have more on submission to come. You're like, I'm not coming. I'm busy. <laughs> point number three continues really point number two. Christians are servants. Christians are servants. Verse 16, he says, as free... The Bible says that God's people are free. He, the idea is living as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. Some verses say not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as bondservants of God. The idea is living as bondservants of God. Now, what is a bondservant? A bondservant is a willing servant. If someone says, you know what? I love my boss, man. I want to stick with him forever. I want to be a bondservant. I'm going to bond myself to him. Now, this is important to realize that our Bibles are, have been cleaned up in a lot of places. Cultural accommodations by translators to make it easy for us to understand. And yes, there were, have been in this world 
horrible atrocities of slavery, but in the ancient world, almost all the nations had slavery. And they range from the horrible atrocities to really was kind of like an, an employee-employer type agreement. Or you could pay a loan that way. You could just become a slave of somebody to pay a loan that you were unable to pay. So it really ran the gamut. And so the word is actually slave, that you are a willing, lifelong slave. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.